Hello friends and family, Marcus Reverend Gaines Purnell here, back with another weekly dive into scripture, and I hope the week has been going well so far with whatever it's looked like. This week will be in Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 1 through 8 and discuss what I'll call Israel's communal confession of their sin and iniquity. As always, I invite you to grab your Bible or get access to one to read and follow along with me. This is Nehemiah chapter 9 verses 1 through 8. Now on the 24th day of this month, the people of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth and with earth on their heads. Then those of Israelite descent separated themselves from all foreigners and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their ancestors. They stood in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for a fourth part of the day, and for another fourth they made confession and worshipped the Lord their God. Then Jeshua, Bani, Kadmiel, Shabaniah, Bani, Shabiah, Bani, and Chenaim stood on their stairs of the Levites and cried out with a loud voice to the Lord their God. Then the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Habshaniah, Sherebiah, Hodiah, Shabaniah, and Pethiah said, Stand up and bless the Lord from everlasting to everlasting. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. And Ezra said, You are the Lord, you alone have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, and the earth and all that is in it, the seas and all that is in them. To all of them you give life, and the host of heaven worships you. You are the Lord, the God who chose Abram and brought him out of Ur of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. You found his heart faithful before you and made a covenant with him to give to his descendants the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Prezerite, the Jeshubite, and the Gerashite. And you have fulfilled your promise, for you are righteous. Whew. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, as I mentioned earlier, this passage is largely about Israel's communal confession of their sin and iniquity. If there's anything you need to know here, which I've most likely mentioned in previous um, studies, it's that Israel had a roller coaster relationship with God. They would have their highs with being faithful and thankful to God, as well as their lows and turning their backs on God, grumbling at God, and even choosing to be unfaithful to God. In this particular passage of Nehemiah, the people's prayer illustrates their awareness of their tradition and their commitment to repair damage done to Israel's relationship with God by earlier generations. Israel is very liturgical with this prayer, first, in verse 1, by fasting and spiritually preparing themselves on the 24th day, which was a date not marked elsewhere for special worship. In the following verse, the recitation of shared history and confession by ancestral sins apply only to the Israelite people, hence the separation from all other foreigners. Then in verse 3, there's also a combination of prayer and reading which characterizes synagogue worship, a thing that's very traditional to Israel. Now, not to intentionally take anything away from verses 5, 4, and 5, what about the remainder of this passage in verses 6 through 8? Here, we can read the communal prayer itself, led by Ezra. This communal profession of faith articulates Israel's shared history and leads to a renewed commitment to God's teachings. Essentially, Israel recalled the cycles of God's faithfulness despite their unfaithfulness to God. 
The prayer itself summarizes earlier traditions preserved in Genesis through 2 Kings in which Israel fails to honor God. So, having taken sorry, <laughs> having taken all this into account, this communal confession by Israel, what could this passage mean for us today? I think there's several things that Nehemiah would encourage us to do, or at least point us to do. First, like the Israelites in this passage, we too need to have a posture of confession, posture being our attitude. Do we have an attitude of confessing our sinfulness to God? Unlike this Old Testament passage, we now have Christ, who is gracious and forgiving our sins. Even though we continually, we're continually forgiven, are we still confessing our wrongdoings in those times when we turn our backs on God? Second, as I feel like I've mentioned every single week, we need to remember the faithfulness of God. God is a covenantal God, a God who keeps promises. Despite those times when we're unfaithful to God, could we challenge ourselves to remember how faithful God is? Can you remember times in the past, maybe when you were at a low point, where God was present and got you through whatever that time was? I certainly know that I can. To this day, I have those moments where I'm like Israel and turn my back on God and fail to remember how good and faithful God was and still is. Even so, God still pours out God's own love and grace to me and to everyone else, which absolutely baffles me, for lack of better words. So if there's anything I would encourage you to do and challenge you to do, it would be to have a posture, an attitude of confession, and one that remembers the faithfulness of God. God loves every single part of us, including those parts where we attempt to hide or run from whatever sin we've committed. Name those parts. Own them like Israel does in this passage. Turn it into thanksgiving and praise to God, especially for how faithful and loving God is. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to read and or listen to this week's Dive into Scripture, and for me attempting those um, names at the beginning of this of this passage, which I'm pretty sure I butchered, but try to make the best of it. It is my personal hope and prayer that you are led to change your posture and attitude to one of confession and remembrance. Peace be with you and yours.